This is Hans Up. I'm Peter. And I'm Animesh. Now, they say nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. And well, this time, they are wrong. It's 3 a.m. right now in Bombay, and Peter and I are, yes, we are podcasting at this ungodly hour. Thank you, Peter, for humoring me. Listen, I'm really hyped up on coffee right now. So, so wait, have you been up? since yeah, last yeah. night or have you or is this the time that you've chosen to wake up and this is your first mug of coffee no it's the opposite this is probably my last cup of coffee for i don't know how long probably this weekend <laughs> okay all right well i'm the opposite i chose to sleep a bit <laughs> later than usual i'm going to be running on fumes through the day but yeah the day has begun for me Ha. Ah. Anyways, the reason we are up and about at 3 a.m. is because, well, this was the only time that we could find to sync up with the boys from Night Demon, who are all, as you guessed it, in different parts of the world, in different time zones. Night Demon boys, welcome to Horns Up. Can I ask all of you to introduce yourselves, tell us which time zones you're in and the local time of uh, where you are? And we can do this either in alphabetical order or whoever wants to go first. Everybody go at the same time. Ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's go backwards from your time zone. So this is Jarvis, um, bass and vocals. I'm in Northern Ireland. So right now it's a little after 9.30 p.m. Yo, this is Dusty Squires drums. I'm in Pennsylvania in the States, and it's 4.38 right now, p.m. And this is Armand, John Anthony, guitars. And it's 1.30 p.m. in sunny Southern California, Ventura, to be exact. And I might chime in one thing. Whoever said that nothing good happens after 2 a.m.? I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> a lot of great things that happened after 2 a.m. for us. So that's it. I'm done. If, if if your band name is Night Demon, then I think it's pretty obvious, right? What there you happened? go. <laughs> yeah, funny enough, it's when we started the band, it was actually it had a K in front of it, like a like a medieval knight, you know. But uh, we got rid of that because it was uh, it was after two a.m. and we just decided, you know, well, fuck that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you guys actually like end up talking to each other a lot at around this time? Considering you guys are in different time zones, etc. I mean, not too much. Like you know, we we do a lot of ne- things that are that are necessary for a band to do. You know, but but you know, I mean, for the for the most part, this is actually the first time we've seen each other's faces in in a few couple months at least. You know, so but um, you know, Once I mean, that bringing people together. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, guys. Yeah. yeah, that'll change. That'll change soon when when we start hitting the road again, you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we've 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 spent a lot of time together over the years, you know, most more than most than most people do, you know. So um, we definitely uh, we we know each other. <laughs> I'm not debating that one bit. Now, of course, we're talking to Night Demon because of Year of the Demon, a compilation album that brings together the band's five standalone singles from 2020, cover tunes, and previously unheard live recordings. Um, we're also recording this chat a few weeks before release. Uh, that's on 25th March, 2022. So let's just go around the room. How are we feeling, guys? Are you guys excited, nervous? I mean... Um, this is almost like 
just like a release to test the waters or something because the main album and we'll come that we'll talk about that that's something that's releasing towards the end of the year what's the story like about this particular compilation why release it right now i'm excited about it because you know we put these out in the middle of pandemic when it started and we weren't able to tour on the songs and like get to play them live and really see how people reacted to them and so it's exciting to be able to do that and actually get out there and you know get behind it like normal and then also it's cool to have it all in one place you know not everybody got a chance to to grab the singles when they first came out you know even though they were on you know the streaming sites uh you couldn't you know none of the b-sides were available so those were exclusive so now everything be together in one nice little package and new art and everything so yeah it's cool it feels like for you know it's something new instead of like okay it's two years later and we're gonna finally tour on this even though the songs were released then it's still for me at least it feels like a new thing so i, mean, I think we all pretty much have the same sentiment um you know in heavy metal you just you got a tour when you put music out i know that dusty was like when the pandemic first started he was really starting to listen to a couple records of some of our peers you know that have put out full-length albums around that time and and i remember you know him kind of telling me about him and then i look back on that now like two years ago and like those those records are pretty dead you know like they really don't have much life and even though a lot of people during the pandemic had time to listen to stuff you know i i i think without a band like touring without in metal you know without a band hitting the road and really doing a full like cycle of touring around an album like it's some of these albums just they just die so quickly because news just changes constantly you know i don't know you remember that dusty right like yeah yeah for sure um and i think that that was kind of a cool thing that uh the singles worked out the way they did during the pandemic and you know we kicked the idea around of maybe doing like an ep and then re-releasing these singles that way but then you know that idea just didn't seem very you know fitting for us and didn't seem like a great idea so what seemed like a better idea was to put this all together and, and you know put the b-sides with the singles and you know just put it all together for everybody because a lot of people didn't get to hear these songs and you know, for us, since we haven't gotten out there, I don't feel like it's old news. I don't feel like we exhausted these songs by putting them out right away. You know, even though they've been out for a while, it seems like, you know, a lot of people heard them, but a lot of people haven't. So it was a good time to do that and buy just a little bit of time uh, to get the next record out. Yeah. And, you know, both of you have kind of touched upon this, that a lot of people didn't get to hear. The reason being that, you know, they were released just as seven inches and, there was no like hype, right? It was just like kind of released, announced, right. and they sold out on the day. Which were you surprised by that response? Or oh yeah, oh yeah, I think we were. Like I, at it took a long time to like get the label to buy into the idea. First of all, you know this was something we planned pre-pandemic, uh, and when they did, it's kind of one of those things where like you're like, all right, you know, like we we convinced somebody to see our vision through but then like when reality hits like to be honest i was like well good thing we have a lot of touring in 2020 because we're going to be sitting on a lot of fucking records at the end of the year you know i mean i really did i really believe that because it's like you 
you put, especially when you don't tell people about it ahead of time, right? Like we put the first one out and it was a thousand copies and it sold right away. And then we're like, man, we're going to hit people with this again. Cause the thing that, the thing that my, a lot of people might not realize, even though they're just two songs and even though it's a smaller v- vinyl, if they pretty much cost the same money, you know, like they don't, they don't, they don't make any money first of all, for the, for the bands or the labels that, that produce them. But the markup on them now is like, you know, you used to be able to buy a seven inch for like four or $5, you know, now it's like 12 or 13, 15. So I thought that definitely as they rolled out, eventually somebody, people were just going to be like, man, just like stop the bleeding. You know, like, when is this going to end? You know, because we never said when it was going to end. I mean, we stopped at five, but it could have easily just kept going till the end of time, right? So, um, yeah, I was surprised, and I, I'm happy. I mean, pleasantly surprised, I suppose, right? So, um, and now, and now uh, we're gouging the fans again. They're gonna have to buy them all again in one. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I don't know. Some some people might see it that way, but I think for us, it's like we just we we have a pretty clean discography and like we feel like this stuff captured a moment in time and it needs to be sealed in in some uh, some kind of a time capsule right so i figure that that like we we kind of all agreed that that was the right thing to do with some compilation you know whether people go out and, and and buy it or not you know or or people that bought the singles they don't you know they're not obligated to rebuy it they already have all this stuff you know but again it's like if you really like listening to vinyl, do you really want to? Do you want to flip? If you want to listen to this record, you're going to have to flip vinyl five times and change vinyl, change records five times if you don't have the comp. So, so I have I have a question on this, right? Because I see it a lot, especially among my, among my friends who are vinyl collectors, right? Is that say you miss something like this, which was only thousand copies? within a week or 10 days of people getting it, you'll suddenly see it for ridiculous prices on discogs and websites like that. Have, have you come across that with your, uh, with the singles and what's like been the most ridiculous amount you've seen people pay for it or it being valued at? Well, we have a, we have a definite story about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I knew, I knew that's going to be one. <laughs> um, I don't, like I didn't see any crazy prices. I, I haven't really looked myself, but we did lose. Uh, you know, I don't know how many. Jarvis can elaborate, but uh, some of the Visteria, I think most of them for the states yeah. disappeared, and we somebody found them on eBay, or somebody was selling them on eBay. And yeah, these never made it to the fans that bought <laughs> them. You know, we tried to get involved with the authorities or whatever. And I, I don't know where that ever went. Jarvis, you can elaborate. Yeah, on that. yeah. So basically what happened was, you know, we have to, we had to split all, all of these singles came out on like multiple variants, multiple colors. The fourth, the fourth single we put out came on two different colors. Half of them were sold in Europe and the other half were sold in the United States. The ones that were shipped to the United States never arrived, wow. but FedEx, but FedEx claims that they did. Shit. And and somebody signed for them, and our merch companies basically said, "There's nobody here by that name." So we're like, "What the fuck do we do?" So we realized we we saw them one day. It just popped up on eBay, and a guy. It basically, you know, some like sometimes when people sell multiple things, you could there's quantities like you could buy more than one, right? And yeah. a guy it said a, 
said <laughs> it said 175 available and uh the, <laughs> <I was> the, <laughs> the the starting price on the auction was $75 per unit okay and right away right so um and he had 175 of them and so i contacted him and i had a friend that worked at ebay and and said okay here's how you file a claim and here's how you do it and here's how you get and i just basically said hey look you know we know you stole these like do the right thing and he's like no i bought them i i buy them from a warehouse i have a receipt and I was like, well, show me the receipt. And he never did. And he's like, look, I'll sell them back to you if you want at like, you know, 25 bucks a piece. And we're like, what? you're crazy. We're not going to do that. And so he's like, good luck to you. And every claim I filed, like nothing happened. So we just kind of threw our hands in the air. There wasn't anything we could do. And um, that's that. So people still, I mean, we got some Instagram comments yesterday. People... People comment on any post now about that record. Like we could say, hey, we're going back on tour. And they're like, you guys ever get the fucking record? You know, like, so people still want it. And I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Like, and maybe we can repress it one day as a seven inch. But to me, it's like the original ones are, they still exist. Right. So how does that create more value by doing a repress? I don't know. But um, our debut seven inch, our first EP, there was only 500 of those made on seven inch. And currently on Discogs, the cheapest you can get one of those is for probably three, $350 to $400. Wow. That's nice. universe. It's universal. There There's not. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is a thing, you know, and like I collect records. Um, well, I used to really, I don't really so much anymore, but I, uh, Misfit seven inches, original Misfit seven inches. I've collected most of my life, and I have quite a few of them. I have multiple copies, you know. But those things are just they're crazy in value, you know. So some of them I own are worth like fifteen hundred dollars each, and it's just because of the the rareness, how rare they are, and they're forty five years old now, you know. So, um, but you know, you got to retire somehow, you know, in music. So, but. Well. Yeah. If, if, if anyone owns now one of those singles, uh, the seven inches, it's, it's they, they own quite a bit, right? <laughs> Investment opportunity. I know. Why, why, yeah. why are you investing in crypto? So. Right? <laughs> exactly. I'm <laughs> investing in night team. <laughs> yeah. That should be our new uh, model. Yeah. Yeah. Queensrÿch tried to do that a few years ago. <laughs> they they sold they sold shares in the band. And they tried to raise like wow. $2 million over 50 shareholders. And, but I looked into it too. The return was shit. Like, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but you know. You really expect a good return in, uh, after investing in Queensryche? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, the guys, that band makes, that band makes some money. They play casinos every weekend, you know? <laughs> so. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. to me. Okay, all right. The natural question, of course, 2020 is when you release the five singles, yet we are talking in 2022. Um, explain the two-year gap and just explain to me the business dynamics of this compilation. Because, like, what really is the objective that you're trying to achieve over here? When was this plan hatched and how did it all really come together? Like, business-wise, does it make sense to do this? When you say business, are you talking financially? Yeah, financially. Of like course. As, as a band. That, 
It does. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, but it's not financially driven. I think we answered that question earlier. When yeah, we yeah. Said that 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 the a reason for a compilation, you know, is to is to put something out there that people could c- can't get, you know. So it's also on CD format and on cassette, and the B sides have never been on digital streaming. So mm-hmm. you know, it's accessibility, you know, and it's like a single is a single for the time, right? That it's out. Later on, like if you notice bands that have released singles, like. For example, like, let's say, let's pick some songs that I know the three of us like or, or think are cool. Like, okay, on the Crow soundtrack, like that Stone Temple Pilot song that was huge, Big Empty. That's a great song. But, like, it's not on any of their records. You can't find it in their discography. It's pretty tough to find. But it's a big hit. It's a big song for the band. They'll always play it live. It's on the radio all the time. Um uh the best pantera song in my opinion is that avoid the light song that was on the dracula 2000 soundtrack fucking great song Mm. man same Mm. fucking thing right Mm. it just kind of like lives there um i i mean those are just a couple examples but you know like like i said i mean we we want to be able to have a full a, a full record out there of this stuff you know the other thing that we mentioned was touring we need to go tour off of something right yeah so um, and look, I mean, we, we, we did a lot of stuff on these singles. We, we put a lot into it. We put a lot of effort, a lot of money too. So like you, the record company has to recoup that in some way too. So, I mean, I guess biz business wise. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's something that comes and goes, but like legacy wise for the band, it needs to be compiled. You know, it needs to be compiled. It's kind of like, what if Metallica just did singles for garage days or something, you know, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it too. It's like, there's 60% of these songs are cover songs and they're just weren't available anywhere else. So it makes, it makes total sense to us. But if you're asking, I'm trying to get where you're, what you're really digging at here. If you're asking if it's financially motivated by us, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not targeting whether it's financially motivated I'm trying to figure out if it's financially viable, especially with the increasing cost of producing vinyl and doing other formats at this time, where this where this seems to be so much pent up demand, and well, basically supply really isn't meeting uh, expectations, right? Well, no, it's totally meeting expectations. There's a huge demand for it. There's a the problem is there's too much demand for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Right. But so we plan this ahead of time. So we block out the time at the pressing plant. So everything is on schedule, you know? Um, so we're not taking anybody's ability away to make records, you know? Um, but I mean, to us, I mean, it makes, it makes complete, complete sense. I mean, especially economically. Yeah. I mean, you still can make money on a record. And again, we're like, there's multiple formats of, of this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Hey, look at the end of the day, the fans want it. And we're, we're a band that we're a band. We have to, we have to make, we have to make stuff. You have to make something to, to, to sell it and to distribute it. I would say, you know, so, so sorry. Yeah. That's the long winded answer, but <laughs> like, I want to answer your question correctly, but I need to know what the root of that question, yeah. is, where that lies, you know? So Yeah, and again, it gives us something to take with us when we start touring, you know? The, the new record isn't quite ready yet, so it's something, but the touring is ready, and we're ready to go. So 
if we just went out there with nothing new, you know, I think it would be kind of like a bummer to a lot of the fans because that's a big thing for us. People are always looking forward to, oh, what are they going to have with them now? That and the artwork is super cool. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, the, I agree. The artwork on its own is something that I, I mean, as a fan, I'd be like, I have to have it because the album cover is killer. You know, whether if I have the songs or not, and we, we know how our fans are and our fans love anything they can get their hands on of ours. And, and we, we make it so that it looks cool and that it's something you want and not something you're just like, well, I already have the other stuff and I don't need that. And, you know, it, it, it made sense to us. And I think the people around us too, like, you know, the label and, you know, people that we're close with, they, they, you know, they believe that we can pull it off when we set, you know, set something up, they're confident that it's going to do well. Let me put one last like finishing touch on on this um i hate to be such a modernist about this okay but like i think a lot of it too is like when you're talking about the way that the digital streaming platforms are set up i mean that's just how most people are listening to music like i'm fine with that because we still do put out vinyl and cassette and everything else but like when you look at a band's albums it's just it's at the top right and you have to scroll down to find any like EPs or singles or any of that. Most people, including myself, don't even get down that far, you know? So like we wanted to have this as a full length album where it's, it's in our discography, which is not huge, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's available there to be discovered. Mm -hmm. You know, we did the same thing with our debut EP. It was four songs. Okay. And, the distributors told us that, okay, when you put this on Spotify and Apple music, like it's going to go in the singles and EP section. We're like, we can't, it can't like, it's basically our first release. It's, mm -hmm. it's super important. These songs aren't redone on the other records. So uh, we decided I, I found a loophole and it's basically like, if you have at least seven songs versus 30 minutes, you qualifies for an album. So we put some bonus tracks mm. on there and like, and that's why it, but that's why it lives there. So I think that's just, that's kind of my closing statement on, on the whole compilation vibe. You know, it's right. like it, it lives in there actually. And you know, it's, this actually makes me think even more because is this going to end up in the compilation section of Spotify? Is that like under the, the compilation well, section? Oh, I shit. Hope, <laughs> I hope not. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, oh man. God. Like, like honestly, sometimes it boggles my mind how the business of music is so far uh, away from just the intent of why music is made and why we're all doing this in the first place. It, yeah, it is what it yeah. is. <laughs> well, the reason, the reason is that, you know, Spotify and Apple and these people leading the music industry, they're not music people. They're tech exactly. companies. They're businessmen. Okay. Yeah. They're tech, but they're tech companies. They have no interest in art or music, yep. you know? So we, you can't rely on them to, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the playlists, you know, it's like, there's no guidance there. And the algorithms are fucking terrible, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I'm listening to the, just like, terrestrial radio when i <laughs> let the when i let the thing go wild you know yeah yeah it's like i'm like all right like a uh, blackfoot radio and it's like the next song is like don't fear the reaper and then like jesse's girls like, fuck you know so <laughs> i want to like but, but it's like, you have the whole database of all the music in the world i want to discover something old new that's old or whatever you know so hey right. 
So we'll talk about the upcoming tour and the album in a bit. But just first, let's wrap up our chat about Year of the Demon by talking about 60% of the album, which is actually covers. So let's talk about the choice of covers. And uh, I have a few questions on this. So let's go one by one. Which was the first cover that as a band you're locked in on that you'll have to do? The first cover that you said has to be on Year of the Demon. Hmm. Well, shoot. I don't know, guys. Are we actually think of that? Or are we just kind of... Okay, I've, I've never thought about this, but I could honestly say and tell me if you guys agree. I think it just went in order of this release of the singles. I pretty yeah. much think that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that we just kind of, we sold the idea to the label of doing the singles and then we had no songs though. So we were like, <laughs> okay, like now we gotta, now we gotta write this. I mean, we had some ideas, but like, we were like, now we gotta write the song. So I think, I think it started, like we just took it one by one, which was great. I mean, that's, we were, we focused on the songs as they were the original songs and the concepts and the artwork and then said, okay, what's a cut? What's a cover that would go good with this? Or what's a cover we always wanted to do. Right. But I mean, I remember like shit. I mean, even after the first or two singles came out, we were still working on the others and like, we were still deciding. Yeah. Right. I mean, what's good. Well, I mean, what's wasted years was a song. Did, we didn't we already have. Right. Wasted years we had in our back pocket. We were saving that from the live album for something. So well, we had not planned on okay. we had not planned on right? making that a B side to the single though. I think you know no that, no no. I, no. I, I remember that had come pretty last minute for us. And then also, fast bites and sun goes down. We recorded those like a good while before that, right? I remember we did we just kind of did those on a whim. I don't know, man. They weren't for anything. Sure? I'm just saying we had stuff. We had stuff kind of in the background. We weren't sure what we were going to do with any right. of, any of it. You know. Yeah, because that session's old, man. Like those yeah, you're right. drums from it's like Earth, sun it's goes like down Janu- and stuff. January like, twenty, January twenty nineteen, I believe was mm, were those sessions. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. It's it's hard to remember actually. Like if we <laughs> even hundred miles idea. per hour, I think was like one of the last ones, right? Hundred miles per hour was like that's probably the one. Yeah, that was probably yeah. the most the newest one that we had done. Here's a question that will maybe get you thinking far more is how do you arrive at which tracks you'll want to cover? I mean, why choose these songs? Because again, if you look at it, right, you've picked big artists, right? Like, you know, you've got the Scorpions, you've got uh, Iron Maiden and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But why particularly uh, Wasted Years in Trance? Okay, again, like, let's give us a little more credit on this one, okay? Because we've got some pretty fucking rare artists, too, that we covered on there. Like, Okay. I mean, I mean, okay, so I'll go in reverse. Yes, we covered the Scorpions, but we did it with the fucking guy who wrote the songs. Like, yeah. Uli John Roth is playing yeah. guitar with us on the track. So, like, so Congratulations I, I think, on that, man. That, yeah, that must have been a huge feat. <laughs> thanks. And, yeah, uh, I mean, and also, those are also pretty heavy, like, deep cuts, too. I mean, right, pretty, right. I mean, so that, actually, yeah. that's what I wanted to understand. Normal people just know. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And and Peter, Peter also, also Peter, um, with the Iron Maiden track that came, we recorded that in 2017. It was an encore to our live album, Life Dark, Live Darkness, and it was the only track we left off because we specifically didn't want to have an Iron Maiden song on our live record. Okay, so we 
we had discussed this many times as a band that we didn't want to cover an Iron Maiden song. We never wanted to put that out, um, especially like a studio version of any Iron Maiden song. But the live song, you know, years had gone by and we had this track and it sounded really good. And <clears throat> we decided to do it. And we actually had to get permission from the band in order to do it. And they signed off on it. And like that kind of gave us a, a lot more confidence in, in it, you know? Um, the, the other B-sides, I mean, Fast Bikes from LaGriff, you know, I'm really proud to say that nobody knew about that band. And now the band just got a repress on their vinyl. There, it's, it's being, it's being posted about tons online. People are, people are listening to our podcast and talking about it and like buying the records. The band is actually rumored to possibly reunite summer of 2023 now. They haven't played since 1984. So, you know, like... We shed some light on some stuff. The thing, the Sarah Thungle cover, Sarah Thungle's like our <clears throat> our older little brother band. So like those guys, those guys are in the same room with us all the time, you know? And we finally found a song of theirs that was actually good. And they don't play it live. So like we we decided to to do it. And <laughs> Tim, Tim, and Tim was Tim was there to Tim was there to sing on it, you know. And it was Dustin, what was the other cover? What am I missing? Uh, Sun uh, goes down was the other one. Oh right? yeah, the Tin Lizzy one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and plus we're a three we're a three piece band, so we have to find songs that we can pull off as a three piece. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not many Maiden songs we can do as a three piece. There's not many Scorpion songs we can do as a three piece. There's, you know, so you got to kind of like look at the stuff that fits our style. Same thing with Hundred Miles Per Hour. You know, it was. I remember Jarvis being like, "Hey, check this song out." I'm like, "No shit, this is like really a, a lot like how we play." You know, and they don't really have many songs that have that kind of upbeat thing. And then Sun Goes Down was just kind of something that was like, hey, we're going to, you know, revamp this song and rock it out. And it was kind of like, whoa, you know, how are we going to do that? But, you know, then you, you know, figure out ways to pull it off. But you can't be doing a, a ton of songs to have all these harmonies and stuff like that, you know. So a lot of the decisions come from can we pull it off or not as a three piece, you know, whether we like the song or not, you know. And let me just say quickly about Sun Goes Down. That was actually just released this last week as a single, you know. Um, and so people finally got to hear it around the world. People that didn't have, one, not one of the lucky people that bought a seven inch and just put it in their closet because they didn't want to open it because de de devalue it. Like, I, I'm here in Ireland, you know, where Thin Lizzy's from. And like, I'm a part of all these like, facebook like irish metalhead groups and of course like i posted it there and on every thin lizzy fan site you know i could find and i gotta tell you i've been receiving a lot of personal messages from people saying like i cannot stop playing this song um this is really like hitting me hard i love what you guys did do and put your own spin on it and then on the other end of it there's an equal amount of people saying this like you this is a disgrace you know like it's crazy like truth and lizzie heads like this song means a lot to me and you you're not gonna ruin it for me you know or i hate how you guys hate how you guys sped it up and you you know but then other people will be like they'll notice little things like i love how you added in like killing the buffalo and like heart attack at the end like they really listen you know so i love that it's getting a reaction because you know good or bad it gets a reaction and it's like it's cool to watch other people just kind of go to bat for you 
sometimes with negativity, but also it's interesting to see, you know, in today's culture, how people will really just try and take you down, you know, like they really, they really will do that. And like, they feel like they're validated in, in doing so. And it's just fucking crazy. Cause you would never. Also, at the end of the day, like we enjoy the version of it that we made, you know? And it's like, we enjoy listening to this stuff that we make. We're not just doing it to get a reaction or just doing it to put it out. Like, that's you know, a really if, good if we, point. You know, if we thought it sucked, we wouldn't, you know, you know, what the hell? So regardless of however people feel about it, at the end of the day, it's what we like to listen to as well. You know, I'd be a Night Demon fan if I wasn't in the band. Maybe I don't know if I'd be. I don't know if I'd be a Jarvis fan, but I'd be a Night Demon. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shots fired. Okay. Uh, so wait. Hey, I, I would. I wouldn't be either if I wasn't. Either. <laughs> uh, no. Hey, that's a good point. Now he brings up a really good point, and like I think about that a lot now. It's like, man, we've we've played so many gigs as a band, and like. If you don't like your songs, you're fucked, man. You're fucked as a touring band. Like, there's no way you're going to last, you know? So I think that's, that's, I agree with him. I, that's how we, we really challenge ourselves to write songs now that we, that we really like to play, you know? So I'm guessing you've heard the Deep Purple and Smoke on Water story, right? Like how they fucking hate that song because yeah. every time they have to play it, like it's not a gig if they don't play it. But yeah, uh, okay. to, to, to wrap yeah up I'm sure this... I'm sure they don't hate all the matches they love in because of that song. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> no shit. That's like that's just like overblown rock star like crybaby shit. Like, totally. Get over it. Totally. You know? And it's a great fucking song, man. Yeah. It's know? a fucking great song. But it's I get, you know, you it's get played out. you get known for one thing, you know. Yeah, it's played out, and everybody wants to focus on that. I I understand that, of course. You know, I can okay. get. I worked at fucking hey, guitar center. Trust me, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to wrap up this section, then were there any covers? I mean, because you talked about having the Iron Maiden cover ready for a while, right? Were there any other covers that you wanted to be part of? the singles and then now the compilation that you didn't include eventually i don't think so i mean no. um, there's some songs covers, that we'll man. play live you know there's songs that we have recorded i mean we've recorded a lot of covers but then there's a lot of covers that we play like you know if we're sound checking or something at a gig or you know if we do like a cover set somewhere you know we know a lot of covers together the three of us uh we could go on for a long time but i think it's more of um concentrated effort when we all sit down and just decide what we want to release and, and what we don't and you know because there's a lot of covers that we play that you hear on the radio all the time we know how to play like breaking the law and you know just stuff like panama stuff that people know that you're just kind of like is it worth it to put that kind of stuff out Smoke and, on water you, know. you guys play that together <laughs> <laughs> armand and i's old band used to play that <laughs> yeah uh and yeah and like i also think though the the reason for doing cover songs as the B-sides is like, we don't have a huge discography and we weren't trying to write original songs that were secondary. Right. Might as well just do an album at that point. So like that we weren't going to write another song, you know, as some of our, I mean, even like our, one of like when Iron Maiden did total eclipse and they left it off the number of the beast and they, they, it was the B-side to run to the Hills. Like that's one of the greatest songs that they have. It was a miss. That was a, a mistake and we try and we try and learn from our heroes they've they've set the blueprint you know so you just you have to look at the good stuff they did and, and the stuff that they 
shouldn't have done, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, that's, that's one of those things. We didn't want to write more original stuff to just be left as like a lesser than song. You know, we, we just spread rather not write it. Okay, cool. We've spoken so much about Year of the Demon. Let's play one of the songs from the compilation, whether it be one of the singles or whether it be one of the covers. Which one do we play and why that song? I'm not picking. <laughs> <laughs> this is always the toughest question. I mean, sun goes down. Rock, yeah, I would say dude. the sun goes, down, sun goes down since since we talked about it and how people love it and hate it. And, you know, and we like it. So it's like one of those things since we talked about it, you know, play that. And out of all the covers, too, is the one that's like kind of most where we really took it to another place, you know? Right. Made it our own. Okay. So here it is. Here is the Sun Goes Down Night Demons cover of the Tin Lizzy song.
one thing uh, I feel bad that I discovered recently was that you guys also do a podcast and have done 83 episodes. That's a lot. I mean, like considering that takes dedication. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't one of those ideas that you all had over a couple of drinks and said, oh, let's do a podcast and then abandoned it. Well, it wasn't our idea, first of all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on, bean. Yeah. What, what is what's that experience been like? Well, it's kept us really. It's kept us busy, you know, with stuff because it started when during the pandemic, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's helping us tell the story as we're in it. Still, you know, we're not. You know, we're we're getting to talk really in depth about a lot of things that I think we would really lose track of and sight of later on in our years when you know we might not be as active. Um, you know, especially pandemic and us being so far away from each other, it's a good way to keep us all in the loop and you know, kind of keeps us as a cohesive unit rather than just wondering what the other person's doing and kind of losing a step or you know taking a step back or whatever. Um, and plus, we had the help from Chris Nesbitt, who was who had the Talking Maiden podcast, and you know they they found out about our band. And Jarvis was a big listener and, and pretty active with their um, schedule, and always you know kind of collaborating with them in a sense. Uh, eventually, once it all kind of went to a level, so then when the Maiden podcast stopped, then you know we found out. You know, we talked to Chris, and he was down to help us with a podcast. I think it would be a lot harder to to do it with just the three of us, you know, especially, uh, no you, know, can do it. you know, a lot of bands that would just sit down and have beers together and just act like idiots and talk stupid, you know, like it, there, there's a really, there's a really like good plan in, in, in place. And they're, they're done really well having that narrator and having the certain people that are involved with this podcast as well with us. And, you know, it's cool because we're all so far away from each other, but we're all telling the same story and we're all, you know, getting to hear what each other's saying without actually being there, you know? And it's like, it, it's cool the way he edited it too, because then it's like, you know, we're really like just inserting each other's story and all telling the same story. And, it, and it's cool to hear it that way. You know, you can tell that we're not bullshitting or, or you know, fabricating. Uh, do you guys think that the podcast or by doing the podcast, it's brought you guys closer together in some manner? It, well, it's, we, well, here's the thing. Yeah, we don't, we have, we don't ever talk to each other before. To, so you got to understand something about this podcast. It's never live. It's not like this. We don't sit in a room and talk. We basically get asked questions about a topic. Okay. Right. And it's, it's put together by somebody else. And, other people that surround the band, whether it be fans, journalists, uh, road crew, uh, people at record companies, like anybody who's involved in the story is is talked to, right? And it's put together. Exactly. So, no, that's exactly yeah, yeah. what but, I was going with. Like, okay, just by but, doing this exercise over and over and over and over and over again for eighty three episodes so far, has it basically formed this this bond? Because Hell, Peter and I have been doing this now since twenty late 2018. And it's yeah. definitely That's reached good. a point where we can kind of, you know, predict each other's musical tastes. And complete and... sentences and stuff. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, yeah, like, like, like just that this was a great example. <laughs> I, think, I think, first of all, being in a band is what already does that. Okay. So, like, being, being in a band is... It's like a, it's a, like a lockstep guarantee to keep your friends. It's like, 
it, I'm, it's, it's the craziest thing. Like I've been in this band for a long time now and I've seen it like, you know, it's not like I, I've lost a bunch of friends, but I'm just saying people's lives kind of go in different directions sometimes and you may reconnect later or you don't talk as much or whatever, but being in a band, it just doesn't, it, it's like, it, that's just not in the cards. You, you're like, you're, you're, you're connected. You're, you're just, you have to be connected. It's like a marriage, you know? So uh, I think the podcast is none of us ever, ever talked to each other before doing any interviews. It's, I don't think it's happened once to be honest with you, not maybe once, but I, I can't, yeah, never. And like, the thing is I listen to it every, it comes out every week, comes out every Friday. Okay. So like I listen to it and like, I get really happy when I listen to it. Cause I'm like, here are all the people that are in my life talking about us and what we do. And here's us talking about each other. And I'll, I'll, something will come up where I'll say something and be like, Oh man, these guys are going to remember this or like, Oh, Dusty's going to get, he's going to, he's going to say it went the other way and he doesn't. And then he's like, he says it exactly the way that I said that it happened. And it's like, well, it's the ultimate truth serum, man, you know? And it's just, it's, it blows my mind because look at our favorite bands as, and you guys too, I'm sure you guys, I see the, posters you have behind you and shit and i know about this podcast but like you guys are genuine music fans and historians of metal so it's like 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 you know the history of your favorite bands and like aren't you tired of just hearing the same story over and over again totally condensed you never hear about the meat of what really happened or anything and like dusty said let's get it going now while we're still fresh in our memory you know and there's way more to talk about than we ever realized, you know, it really, it's an interesting story. And I recommend the podcast for it's, it's for two kinds of people. It's for a diehard night demon fan or somebody on the opposite side of the spectrum that maybe doesn't really know us and just wants to know what it's like to be in a real band in, in this, in these, in this era and how to make it work, you know, and how to really, really go for it. So it's it's not really, it might be boring to the casual fan, you know, it's very in-depth. You know, the reason why I said 83 episodes, right? Because one thing you would have realized, and at least here it happened in India, is uh, when the pandemic kind of like really took its roots, one of the first things that were uh, out of stock on Amazon here was podcast mics. Like you just couldn't yeah. buy podcast mics. Everyone was setting up uh-huh. podcasts. Uh, fast forward to six months, no one is doing podcasting anymore because they realized it's like a real work, right? Yeah. It's not yeah, like, yeah. Uh, anything else. I think everybody just probably thought they were going to get rich off of it or something, you know, yeah. and uh, or that or that they would have a ton of listeners, you know. And the, there's a some of the stats, if you really look at it, most podcasts don't last past 10 episodes. That's like the magic number, but we talked together as a band. And when we were approached by, by the host to curate this show, I mean, we really, I mean, look, we sat down for about four weeks. Okay. And really we talked about it every day. We were having meetings. We were like planning everything out and just saying, I remember talking all of us talking and saying look if we do this we have to see it through no matter how hard it gets no matter what happens we have to do it we can't go out there and launch this thing and just 
let it fall by the wayside. Like we have to commit to this thing, you know, basically indefinitely. And so what's that, what that's turned into is all these new ideas constantly flowing. And, you know, now we record all of our live shows and the only two shows we played in the pandemic, like are featured on the podcast and it's, it's turned into a great blessing, you know? So like, I appreciate you guys noticing that really, because like, that was our thing. When we do something, we commit to it. And we've had some of our hardcore fans even tell us like, man, like it's, it's, I can't believe you guys are like, this thing is still fucking going and it's getting better and better, you know? So yeah, we're yeah, in still. the same boat kind of explains why we're doing this at 3am. <laughs> yeah, but, but I must ask Dedication. you another aspect, right? And this may be kind of tying into uh, the business also end of things is I noticed you'll have a subscription service and, you know, in an age where a lot of bands are doing Patreon and things like that, right. Or there's a service called buy me a coffee also where people can kind of just do one-off transactions. Uh, yeah. Or just Twitch I, streams. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch streams. Yeah. Actually that's become so popular right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Why uh, come up with a subscription service? A do it yourself, but What's the impact you've seen it uh, have over the time that you'll have launched it? Because you're offering great services. I mean, it's it's a great uh, value for ten dollars a month. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I I tend to talk. I tend to talk a lot and over dominate conversations. I'm really not. But I I. This is nothing new, like- guys. This is nothing new. He can, <laughs> he can say it all he wants. We're used to this. Well, they're, at, hey, they're hitting all the right. They're hitting all the right buttons here. Nah, it's all good. So, okay, one thing I think everybody needs to learn about tech is that, you know, yeah, Patreon may be the cool place to go right now. You know, and they talk about what's called market value is when you are on a platform that everybody else is on, you're, you're way more accessible and easy to find. Everybody's already signed up to that. So, Hey, well, why not just uh, donate to this too, or sign up for that? I have one password. And, okay. But I came along in the MySpace days and I saw oh a lot God. of bands. I saw a lot of bands become extremely popular because of MySpace. And one day MySpace just decided to go away. Yeah. And <laughs> the band, the band, the band, the band, the yeah, yeah, and they, the they started a record label. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but the bands couldn't take those 800,000 fans over to Facebook. It doesn't mm-hmm. integrate like that, right? So with Patreon, you know, they were going great for three years. And then all of a sudden they got way bigger than they thought they would and said, oh, fuck, we forgot to charge tax. And so they... The whole time they were they were telling the creators, you need to have multiple tiers, okay? That's yeah. the way to do it. You yeah. gotta have multiple tiers and you have to you should always have a one dollar tier because you'd be surprised how many people would pay a dollar, you know? Um, and so everybody took their advice and then this came in and they go, Oh fuck, well, we can't we can't charge the subscribers tax because they're already they already opted in. So we have to, and we're not going to pay it. Oh God, no, right? So we're going to pay it forward to the creators, right? So on top of the tax and the transaction fee that the creator also pays because subscriptions are not legally allowed to take PayPal or Venmo or anything. It has to be a credit card. So there's a transaction fee. So for every dollar these creators were getting, 
uh, Patreon was now giving them like 37 cents on that dollar. Okay. So I, we took that as a sign when we said, Hey, we're going to do this thing indefinitely. We're going to do it right. We have to be able to control what happens here with our people. We're not going to let anybody else dictate what happens Mm. in the future with this thing. If we're going to keep this thing going, Right. So that's when we decided to build our own platform. And that's when we also decided to have one subscription fee at the time. Ten dollars seemed like a lot because we had no content. But now you have 83 episodes of content. You got other incentives on there, like guest list to shows. We send out Christmas cards every year, free T-shirts like we're pretty good about it. Um, Every week has a, a complete update. Um, and we realized that we're not going to be like Netflix. You can't raise the price later. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we decided there's one level of fandom. It's not, we're not going to let, we're not going to give less access to somebody who can't afford that. Or, you know, if people want to pay more, we just try and hope that they come to shows more or buy more merchandise or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but the, that's the idea behind the whole thing, you know? And so we're secure in our own platform and, you know, like we don't have a, we don't have an overwhelming amount of subscribers, but you know what? We've had a studio to pay rent on the last two years and, and it's almost to the dollar or the penny that we've been able to pay that because of this. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how that works out. It's almost like dead on, you know, and we had like a rent increase this year and we got. Luckily, a couple more subscribers, you know, like, so it's just one of those things that, you know, obviously we hope it grows and I'm sure it will, but we, we want to give value to these people because if you look on Patreon, there are so many, the, 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 there's so many creators that just don't deliver. They, they promise all this stuff and God, they're, I mean, you want to talk about gouging people. There's some diehard fans that are probably paying 50 dollars a month and like these guys they realize that you know the hundred dollar tier oh we're gonna have dinner with you once a month and we're gonna go play a private show at your house and they realize that two people sign up and they're like oh i they run away from it you know so um and i'm not trying to criticize anybody else but i just i want to fully explain our motives behind that the business as you guys like to say so, <laughs> so i'll shut i'll shut up for the rest of the interview now. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the way you guys are doing it because it it basically uh is the old school way of running a fan club yeah right that's what and it it's, it's proper diehard service to the fans and it's gratification for the fans and it's great that you guys are doing it in this democratic almost equitable kind of a way because very few very few bands actually do that uh in these days and like it'll be great if almost every band tried to do this at in this kind of a way because then it just makes it easy and no bullshit kind of an approach all right let's begin talking about the upcoming tours right or tour at the moment you've got something coming up with sirit angol itself right so we're going to start out uh, in Texas, in Houston, doing a festival called Hell's Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played it a few years back. Killer festival. The lineup this year is like super stacked. It's going to be like an amazing time. It's going to be really, really cool. And then uh, shortly after that, we head to Europe 
and play in the south of France or somewhere somewhere called the Courts of Chaos Festival. And we'll both be playing that together. And then shortly after that, we take off uh, just the Night Demon uh, with Midnight and start doing some tours some dates around Europe mixed in with festivals basically all the way through July, August, you know, pretty much. So we'll be making up for a lot of lost time. So keep an eye How out. How excited Everybody are you guys know, about hitting the road? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a long time coming, man. It's <laughs> really exciting. <laughs> it's like, I forgot how to do it. No, I don't. You know, it's like the, when we when we played the two shows that we played at the end of last year that were kind of like, you know, our first shows back. You know, it didn't really, it felt pretty normal. We were using some new equipment that was a little more complicated than we've dealt with before, but we pulled it off and it was fucking awesome. And once we get the machine really moving again, because, you know, there's nothing like being on tour, you know, a week in or two weeks in and the way that the band just communicates together on stage. We just, it's like at that point, it's like autopilot, you know, we know what we're doing. So that's what I'm looking forward to getting back to that point because we kind of like we were we were at that point for like three years straight, you know, for a long for a good while. You know, you were just in tour mode, and then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, stop for a few months. Well, more like a year. Well, here's another year and almost another year, you know. So it's pretty crazy. So you can imagine we're excited to get back to the our people out there, rock for you. So here's a question for you, Dustin. What do you think that moment's going to be like when you, Jarvis, and Armanda all in the same room together for the first time? What's the first thing that's going to happen? <laughs> well, I mean, we've uh, we, I was out in California not too long ago, uh, you know, working on some new stuff, and we got a lot accomplished. And you know, I was out there. I think I went to California for like eight weeks this past year. So total over, you know, and we got a lot done in that time. So we're not complete strangers, but um, I, I think we're all going to have to stretch <laughs> and, uh, you know, just see uh, yeah. how we how we feel. Um, you know, like Armand was saying, it is a lot different when we're not in tour mode and it's a lot different when it's not the day to day. But we'll get back in the swing of things. And, and, it, and it's it's like riding a bike, really. Um you know, we, we know what we want out of each other and we know how to, how to pull it off. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll just be us just picking up where we left off. Really. I don't think it's going to be anything out of the norm or anything weird or anything like that. You know, I'm curious to see how crazy people are going to go when they finally get to like really let loose, no and, you know, be at a show and not have to worry about wearing a mask or like, stay distanced you know that was the other thing too like i didn't really want to get on to go out there with the restrictions in place i'd rather wait until we can get back to normal because it just you know i've got we've got friends that are touring in parts of that it's just sounded like a pain in the ass man to deal with it just so i'm glad that things seem to be finally you know getting so wait yeah correct me if i'm wrong was the uh shows because i've heard of shows in the states where they were seated shows was was that the shows that you all played we, we did not do those we did not oh, do no. those shows. it wasn't that extreme no no mm. um 
Because that would I be think, totally weird, right? Like uh, playing to an audience yeah. sitting. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> the last point that you spoke about, that's exactly where I was going with. Uh, because confession time. Uh, I went to the mall this past weekend. And because Bombay and because India is now like Touchwood dealing with COVID a lot better and things seem to be opening up. There's just so many more people out and about. And I fucking couldn't deal with it. I was like, why are there so many yeah, people wow. out? Oh my God, it's crowded again. Ah, I was getting flustered. I was getting uh, fidgety. People are walking about with no masks. Oh yeah, that, oh, that happened to uh, me. I, I, I was staring down a gentleman at the supermarket. I got room. into a fight with a guy. <laughs> because this guy had his mask in the supermarket while standing in line right behind me. He had his mask down. And I was just the like guy staring. Was sneezing, at him. man. Okay, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when when I eventually get get uh, get to playing gigs again, I mean, I don't know how much worse it's going to be. Yeah. You know, oh, from bef- I don't like know. Before I'm, I'm really COVID, not looking forward to that that element. Yeah, but before COVID, I mean, how much worse? was it really i mean you know how many times we were wasted with fans and like somebody's spit just goes right directly into your eyeball and you know you're just like just sweating and hugging each other and just like not washing your hands for god knows how long at an outdoor festival like there's so many things you know how sick we've been on tour like like worse than anything like this you know so exactly it's just it just does it does kill the vibe when you know, I did go and visit my our, our friend Robin, who's out on tour with um, his band, and they're on tour with Ghost and Volbeat right now. And he has to wear a mask, like, and he can't go out and visit people. Like, he broke the rules to come out and say hi to me when I drove two hours to go see him. You know, and he had his mask on. His tour manager caught him and said, "Robin, get back inside. Come like, he, you can't go out. You can't talk to people. You can't leave your hotel. Like, they're they're called what's what what's called a bubble." Yeah, you, you can't leave this thing, and like half the fun of tours is is going out and seeing where you are. Mm-hmm. And you know that we don't have many days off, but when we do, it's like we want to go out and see that where we are and have fun and go out. And you know, it, if we can't go and experience that part of it, that's that takes away like fifty percent of of the fun for us. I, I have to get this out of my system. Ghosts were one of the bands that made masks cool in metal, right? So I think they got. I thought that was Slipknot. No, (laughs) (laughs) he he means the the COVID man. Well, yeah, like I I was a I went to Glasgow last weekend, and like nobody was wearing a mask because all the restrictions are dropped. And so I'll be honest: once you go back to a show where the restrictions are dropped, you forget about it, man. Honestly, you settle in Mm -hmm. really quick. You settle in really quick, and you it's almost like it never. Like you really forget that it was ever even a thing, but I, until somebody spits in your eye, which like I, my, I got, you know, somebody spit in my face like three times last week. And like the first time I was just like, Oh yeah. Fuck. Like, like, you know, <laughs> so fucking, so like, Oh, this is a great show. Man. Oh, and, I, and I was like, and I was like, Oh fuck. And then I like, well, let's see. I hope he doesn't have COVID or worse. You know, if he has COVID, I can't, I can't play a gig or go eat food. But if he has worse, I might get seriously sick, you know, but I never thought about that stuff before. So it, dude, it's, it's going to be fine, man. Just focus on the war. All right. Nice. Well said. That's kidding. That's kidding. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine.
By the way, hang on really quick. Let me interject. Uh, Bangalore Open Air. We need to play that festival, man. We've been trying to come to India since 2014. Our roadie, Anarud Banzal, uh, <laughs> we've been trying to get it. He's straight from India, man, trying to get us on that festival for a long ass time. So I hope your listeners will write them something. We also did a merch licensing deal with the with the same company that runs that festival. So yep. let's get it on, man. We're not afraid. We'll come to India right now, dude. We'll walk through that mall, you know? <laughs> I'll be glad to have you give me all, Why not? Give me all the curries and I'm, I'm in, man. We've never experienced anything like that, you know, for a band that's been all over the world. We've never been there, you know? And it's like, we want to, we want to, like, I think... Get, us getting back on the road is going to be awesome because we're going to be like, oh, man, it's great to be here again, you know. But we want to see experience all new kinds of culture and, and life, you know. I mean, we we really want that. You know, I think that's I think we're ready for that. It's been recorded. It's been published. It's, it's been aired. And well, it's manifested itself. It'll take its life. It will happen. You know, if that happens, then you know who you, who's going to come and say hi to you all backstage. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. Come on. You guys will be, you guys, you guys will, uh, you'll be our guides, right? You know? Yeah. Because we, we, trust me, yes, trust me. We have a work cut out for us then. I know. We will, trust me, like, we, we're world travelers, but you put the three of us in India, like, we will not know what to do. I promise you, dude. <laughs> we promise okay. you, we'll promise you at least one episode's worth, if not more, for, of content for your podcast <laughs> and for us. <laughs> dude, yeah, oh. don't, like, just, just don't leave me. I get, I get lost easy, dude. And I, like, in a place with, with, in a place that's that crowded and shit, I'd be fucking, like, I would do like you know. <laughs> I would be full on Temple of Doom, dude. You know. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's get to the final talking point then. Historically, you guys have had a great mix of songs, covers, gig recordings on almost all your albums so far, and now you've gone out and you've kind of declared and made it known that. There's a new album in the works. It's expected in November 2022 or around that time. What can you tell us at the moment about new, the new album? It freaking rips, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'll say, you know, without, without giving too much away, you know, uh, obviously, you know, it's like any band. You know, they always say their newest stuff's their best stuff. You know, that's always, you know, and then like, you know, it's like Don Dockin puts out a turd, you know, it's like, God, no. You know, I think the, the, the singles and getting those going helped us get back into the, to the songwriting mode. And, you know, after that, I think it really, it really helped us get to the next album and be able to write these songs and take it, take those songs to another level. Um, and I think that that is kind of what we were after is just a progression is, is how do we, you know, write more songs and how do we take it to another level and do stuff we've never done before. So, but still keeping it night demon, you know, I, I think when people hear this, 
you know, they're going to say like, wow, you know, it's, it, some people might take a few listens. Some people might be amazing right off the bat. You never know. But for us and how we talked about what we like to listen to, we like to listen to stuff that, that, that sounds good to us. And I know the three of us with what we've written so far and what we have recorded, it's enjoyable to listen to. I know, you know, speaking for me, in my opinion, uh, I enjoy listening to what we've, we've come up with. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that people can look forward to is, is something new, something fresh, something that they've never heard. It's not that it's not heavy metal heat 2.0, you know, it's a little, little holds a little more water than that. Yeah, we've all consciously, like, in our own parts and everything, have tried to push the envelope for ourselves. You know, so it's going to be just, like, the best that we've been able to do up to this point. You know, it's going to be all there. So we're going to have the hints of the past, but also some new stuff that we've never done before. You know, nothing totally crazy and, like, there's not going to be any samba parts on the record or anything. You know, but, uh, <laughs> inflation of everything that we've done you know that that we've just finally put in a pot together you know it's like the biggest batch of songs that we've written collectively you know as this lineup you know so um just trying to expand on things and give people something better than you know they expect so yeah that you know until it gets out there who knows but at least we're happy with it again going back to that point like mm. it's excites us and it makes us feel like I, I constantly, I'm going to play some of these parts live. You know, I got to, what the hell I did on this record or really practice. So my solos are, you know, I sat around a lot. And then, you know, we also, there's going to be a lot of time. We're not going to be playing any of these songs until that record mm-hmm. comes out. So I'm going to have to do my homework and get back into it. And uh, yeah, for sure. Learn some of what I wrote. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to play it again. <laughs> well, you know. But that robot voice that you heard from Armand when his signal was breaking up, that's going to be on the record for sure. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, um. <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything they, those guys said, and that's completely correct. And yeah, it's funny, un, uh, unpopular opinion. Band says their latest record is their greatest, you know, or, uh, you know, that's an evolution. It's a progression. I mean, but it really is, you know, and we're still three guys and, we what i really appreciate about what we're doing is we're continuing to expand in a in a musical direction with what we have you know i mean it's still three guys and we're just finding you know just when you think like everything's been done you know you you you've come up with innovations and you guys will hear some of that on this record you know and there's just that that shit excites me man when we're just like oh my god how did nobody ever do this in a song or like you know let's take it somewhere completely different, but somewhere that feels great and kicks ass, you know, not like, you know, uh, Ronnie, you know, we're not going to go there, you know, but like, uh, I will say this, uh, the music is all done and it is, it is fucking great. Like it's better than good. It's fucking great. And I am working on the vocals like every day and just trying to make them great, you know, and I'm going to get there with it and I don't have much time, Uh, but that's why I work on it a lot. And because I really want to make them great. I think it, I think the music deserves some great lyrics and some great vocals, you know, so I'm really pushing myself to do a lot more on this album 
And, you know, again, we, we, like Dusty said, there's no need for us to repeat ourselves. There's plenty of bands that are able to do that. Your ACDCs, your Slayers, you know, there's a lot of bands like Saxon that go on and, and make 25 studio albums over the course of 40, 45 years. And that's good. That's fine. That's just not us. And that's not where we're at. And I think our catalog speaks for itself. We have 29 original songs only out there. They each stand on their own. We, if it ended today, it's a solid legacy. We don't need to repeat that, right? Because we feel that anybody that gets into what we're doing now, they can go back and, and hear that or hear it out in a live environment, right? So that's one thing that you'll always get from us. That's, a, that's the only promise this band will ever give you is that, like, for sure, like we're not gonna, we're not ever gonna have gonna have to rehash anything. We'd rather just not make new music if we're not inspired to make something that's that that at least. And I'm not even gonna say better, okay? But something that just is different. It's still not even but different. I think that's that's the appropriate way to say it's better than anything we've done because I, you know, that's that's subjective, right? But different is not subjective you know right does that make sense yeah yeah we look forward to whatever difference that is and hopefully that difference is something that that boils down to a lot more listeners for you guys um it'll definitely boil down to another episode of horns up with you guys yeah try and do this and can make sure that all of you are in the same place together so that it's not too much (laughs) of a task making this interview happen or making this chat happen Yeah. We'll just be like the three stooges, like looking over each other's shoulder and like, <laughs> hey, man, get out of my frame. Got to get out of here. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? maybe it'll just end up happening in India itself. Yeah. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Would be I was going to say, there's some incentive. Let's right do there. it live together. Exactly. In the same room. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> do it live. That's a great, that's a great, great, great note to end this chat on at the moment. Truly looking forward to hanging out with you guys and let's make that happen eventually, whenever we can. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. hey, you brought the band, you brought the band together face to face. You're the only ones to do it. So <laughs> it was worth it for us. So thank you. Worth it for us, definitely too. Was it worth it for you guys? Why don't you let us know? Tell us we're all ears at hornsuppod.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter at hornsuppod. As always, I'm on Twitter at Asmoani. I'm at Trend Crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns up, everyone. <laughs>